What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome back to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And we're all just hamsters running in a wheel. Woo! We're here with episode 152, where we're going to be talking about uh, the art of uh, intentional gaming. I remember the title of this episode with our special guest, Andrew Orsi. But first, we've got some segments for you. Yes, we do. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Liz, how you doing? I'm great. Okay. I got to see a baseball game yesterday. You did. That was wonderful. Wow. Even though our team was horrible. Yeah. Um, it's horrible. Go Bornstormers. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they were not so hot. But you know, the, a lot of these guys, they haven't played baseball in the past year, year and a half. Yeah. So uh, did not blame them. But yeah. Man, but I got a tank top out of it. You did get a tank top. And a hot top. dog. I got this hat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like my hat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, very nice. It's a very nice hat. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so we got some show for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so before we get started, a little bit of announcement. Mm-hmm. So I already told my Discord people on this, but uh, Liz and I are going to be taking a kind of longer hiatus from the show. So starting on June 28th, June 28th will be the final show before the hiatus. Uh, June 28th into... A few months. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not sure. Least. Yeah, I'm not sure when uh, we're going to come back, but we're going to take all of July just to focus on packing and the move process and all that Then actually moving out. And if you didn't know, we're moving to North Dakota mm-hmm. and we're just going to take some time just to explore mm-hmm. just just the state in and of itself. So if you're a regular listener, l- listener here, it's not that we're falling off the face of the planet mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, it just means that we're taking a break from games and groceries uh, just to explore uh, the area around us. So I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah. But uh, but we will still be recording What's the Biz. What's the Biz is our mm-hmm. other podcast that takes 10 minutes to edit. Yeah. And just it, there's no planning involved. It's super chill, super casual. Mm-hmm. So links for that is in the description down below, as well as our second channel, Evolt. We're still doing Evolt in yeah. the hiatus because... Uh, we don't really have an upload schedule with it and we yeah. can be really creative with it. Whereas this yeah. takes about 15 to 20 hours per week to produce. Yeah. So there might be some longer times between the next video and the following video, probably for evolt. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just cause we still will be taking some form of creation vacation for the move. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, that's not going anywhere. So we are going to come back. To games and groceries you just don't know when mm-hmm. uh and i just don't want to put a time on us just mm-hmm. yet but june 28th will be the final episode before the hiatus and we will let you know uh when we will come back we'll probably make it like a really cool like comeback video on the games oh gosh, groceries. yes like a trailer yeah That'd a little awesome. trailer so we'll give you more information on that but we just want to let you know ahead of yeah. time that uh we're going to take a pretty long hiatus starting on june 28th but yeah um yeah that's just business out of the way we can want to remind everybody that we're on social media at gaming groceries on twitter or you can follow us individually i'm at ace the grocer and i'm at journey first you can follow us on instagram games and groceries all one word and you can also check out the questions of the week wow i will ask you a question pertaining to the discussion that we will have on this very podcast so go check that out on our social media pages that you can uh answer some questions but the questions are also available on our discord wow uh the discord will be 
be uh, the link will be in the description down below. Join the Discord. We got people like Andrew Orsi, who's the guest today. We got that Commander Nikki action. Mm-hmm. We got that Twofer. We got that. Uh, we, we got that Mike Fury. We got that Felix Check. We we got so many people. We got that the, the Price Field. We got everybody there. So it's a blast. So definitely check out the Discord while you're down there. And don't forget to subscribe to the channel so you know when all these channels, uh, <laughs> when all these podcasts come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll know when we're back from the hiatus. So yeah. you'll have that going for you. And uh, with all that said and done, we need to move on. We need to go into it. Well, let's talk about the movie that we watched in the past week with our first segment. Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we watched in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, or HBO Max. We like to give you a recommendation or not a recommendation. Here on the Games Grocery's podcast, we have a five-point scale of how to recommend a movie. We start at, uh, uh, avoid at all costs, yuck, and then we go into, eh, pass, and then we go to enjoyable, then solid, and perfect for us. For us. I can't stress that enough. Perfect for us. But again, that's avoid all costs, pass, enjoyable, solid, and perfect for us. Uh, so this week's movie actually comes to us from HBO Max. It actually joins HBO Max this month. It was a 2020 movie written by Miranda July. Uh, and it is a movie called Cajillionaire. Hooray. Uh, so we watched this movie on HBO Max. And we're going to go into our thoughts on it. Uh, but first, the recommendation scale, what did you give it? Go. I gave it a solid. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. It was um just interesting to me, and I feel like I like, I don't know. I just I just really enjoyed it. There there were just some things about it that I was like, all right, or when are we gonna get to this point? Right. Like it's like all right, when are we gonna move? On? Like it's like at every. I feel like in every act, I was like, all right, but when when is when is the next part? Yes. Because they they would take things a little too long. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah, I gave it enjoyable. Now, for me, it was enjoyable. You really like this movie much more than me. Yeah. And I also enjoyed this movie. And I enjoyed it. Uh, but like you said, I think this movie dragged a little bit. And I'm going to get into my thoughts in just a bit. But mm-hmm. I, in terms of my recommendation, uh, I don't think it's solid for me. But I don't think it's a pass either. I don't think you should pass for this movie. But I enjoyed my time with it. And yeah. that's why I gave it enjoyable. So if they're interested in it. Yeah. It's worth it. So let's go into my notes here. So first, uh, at the start of this film, you absolutely know it's evidence that this movie, uh, Kajillionaire, Mm -hmm. uh, from the very get-go, is about, you know, family who is trying to uh, make your life their life. They they raise Mm -hmm. their children to be themselves and what they think about life, their life philosophies. They expect their child to also do that. Yeah, follow suit with it instead of pursuing their own dreams. And I, and I think this couldn't connect with a lot of people out there mm-hmm. where it's just like their parents, whether it be good or bad, right? Excuse me. Uh, life, life philosophies, if I should say, whether it be good or bad, I think people can connect with this uh, where it's just like I, I, I have my own dreams, but I don't know how to pursue my own dreams because I'm kind of stuck in this bubble mm-hmm. of family. Yeah. Right. So it, it's interesting. And I and I think that a lot of people can relate uh, I don't know if I related to this because, you know, I am my own person. I'm I'm so artistic. Blah, 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 blah. But I think that's why I liked it. Yeah. Because I felt like I related to it. Mm-hmm. Um, not that my, like, a, like, like you said, it's not always a bad thing. It's just but like, I didn't really do what my parents 
expected me to be. I'm not the type of person they expected me to be. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of felt like I, I just kind of related to the main characters and I understood it. Right. So I think maybe that's why I liked it more. I, I will say the character writing was, uh, I was on the fence about it. Like mm-hmm. the character writing, I, I, I felt like, you know, they, they got some, they got some great talent in this, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely fantastic casting, but the writing itself, I was just like, I'm not understanding what the motive is for everybody yeah. in this situation. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. And I don't want to give away too much, but there's somebody, you know, there, there's some things in here. I'm like, okay, well, why are you doing this for them? Yeah. Or like, why, why is this happening for them specifically? It, mm-hmm. it was just a lot of different things. Where I was just like, uh, there wasn't a lot of explanation where explanation would have improved the movie. Like there are t- sometimes where we're just like, they didn't explain it. And it was great. Right. Whereas in this, they didn't explain it. And it, the explanation would have made the movie better. Exactly. Whereas, you know, yeah. I, I felt like the characters themselves, I didn't really get too attached to. Mm-hmm. But then again, there's some movies that will. Like for me, with Life is Strange, I didn't really connect to Max and Chloe. Mm-hmm. I liked them, but I wasn't fully invested into their mm-hmm. lives. And I think it's because my life doesn't really relate to this movie. This is definitely a movie that yeah. reaches out to somebody that's been through this. Yeah. And kind of, um, you know, family kind of structure. Yeah. And they don't know what what is outside of the bubble. Mm-hmm. I think that's what this character writing really does for this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. It connects to somebody that's been in this. Yeah. And I don't think I really related. And so no. I just more enjoyed the ride. Whereas, you know, some people will find it to be like, oh, my, this is exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, now my final note is that sometimes, like you said, this movie can drag a mm-hmm. bit, but it, the message of it—the message is nice. It's just there are some s- scenarios, and I'm just like, when are we gonna move to the next part? Like I, I right. get that this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. We can move on. Yeah, exactly, and and I think that people who don't like slow burn movies won't like this movie. Mm-hmm. If they like a lot of action or they like a lot of jump scenes, mm-hmm. it doesn't have a lot of that. Yeah. It does drag a bit, but I think the message in the end, it's, it's evident. It, it, there's not really anything searching for it. You, mm-hmm. you understand what they're trying to go for. And I yeah. appreciate that. I appreciate the message is pretty clear in this movie. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I just felt like this could have been a good I don't know. I, I I think I enjoyed it mm-hmm. because it did drag, but I liked the message. It was just weird in that kind of way where yeah. it is a very artsy movie without being too artsy. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I enjoyed my time with it. You yeah. really liked it. I did. You very much enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I thought the ending was was really good. I love the ending. The ending was great. I, yeah. I I'm gonna give That's them. That's why I wish it didn't drag so much. Cause I'm like, I wish I could have gotten more of that. Yes. Stuff. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, but that's our brief thoughts on Kajillionaire. Again, you can find this on HBO Max. I I recommend it. Mm-hmm. If you like these kinds of movies where it's a very slow burn, very relatable kind of movie, um, not a ton of soundtrack. And now that I think about it, there's not a lot of music in this movie. No. Not that I'm aware of anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's called Kajillionaire. You can find it on HBO Max. So check it out for yourself. But, you know, it's time to move on to some gaming news. What do you think? Okay. All right. Let's do it. Let's go on to it with our second segment. Top three gaming news. 
the top three gaming news. It's the gaming news that we saw in the past week. And we'd like to rank it three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of, hey, what's going on in the gaming industry? Ah! Oh, oh, I got scared. What's going on here? News. Okay. <sighs> okay. Sorry. Got scared, everybody. Oh, okay. We're back. We're back, everybody. Uh, but we got the top three gaming news for you. Wow. And the dog is exploring the room. Because you alerted him. <laughs> this is all your fault. Uh, let's move on to our number three gaming news. This is about okay. EA and Battlefield. And they hired a new general manager for the Battlefield franchise. Which is kind of crazy because you know who they hired? Who? Mr. Byron Bede. Who that? If you don't know, he was the general manager behind the Call of Duty franchise. Oh. So in opposing, like, um... A what do you what do you call a competitor or a com- competitor? Uh, yeah, like the the head competitor against their franchise. They got the general manager behind that franchise to you know go forward. Competition? Yeah, the competition to your franchise to lead your franchise. You know, yeah, to actually lead it into the future. Yeah. Uh, so this is actually coming from uh from an article from IGN, I believe. Uh, I believe so. But yeah, so this is actually big news. Uh, this uh, EA put out this news to say that, uh, hey, we hired this person. Not only will this go into Battlefield 6 mm-hmm. and the mobile game, but this is, this is a hire that they want to lead the future of the franchise for by hiring the Call of Duty mm-hmm. general manager, which by far, Call of Duty has just taken storm. Yeah. Just recently. Just yeah. only recently, you know, they've only taken Storm, oh, you know? Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, when the, when Call of Duty first came out, they were facing against Medal of Honor. Yeah. And I, I still remember when Medal of Honor was still, like, the biggest thing. And then Call of Duty was just kind of like, oh, Call of Duty. Yeah, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. And they just decimated Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor is just no longer a thing. They try to come back, and it's just like, yeah. nobody cares. Nobody cares about Medal of Honor. Yeah. Now, Call of Duty... Right, they got the general manager from him, and I want to read this quote from uh, from EA, uh, who has this to say. This is from the uh, article linked down below, and it says EA announced today that Byron Bead, uh, uh, yeah, Byron Bead has joined Battlefield as S, uh, SVP, uh, senior vice president and GM, general manager, and signals a strategic, long term commitment to the growth of the franchise. Bede previously worked as general manager on both the Call of Duty and Destiny franchises. And with Call of Duty, it was part of the launching series of live service aspects, including Call of Duty Warzone and Call of Duty Mobile. So this guy was behind Call of Duty Warzone as well. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of crazy. So this guy is leading the franchises for Call of Duty and Destiny and made Call of Duty Warzone and made the Call of Duty mobile game. And he's going to go over to the Battlefield franchise. Yeah. So once again, I don't think we're going to see the full effects of this in Battlefield oh, 6. Yeah. Because he's just going to kind of market that. Yeah. He's going to kind of lead like the, the post-launch of that. So, mm-hmm. But this is going to be, like they said, a strategic long term. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's something that they're going to continue to use him yeah. for. And, you know, good for them getting i wonder if this will signal like will battlefield become as big as call of duty but i don't know i guess I, you'll have to wait and see this is really just kind of like a time will tell thing because mm-hmm. it's potential for both ways potential because the battlefield name is people know it mm-hmm. but you know there's a there's a niche market for it, whereas call of duty is your basic 
kind of gamer boy. You mm-hmm. know, Call of Duty, Madden. Yeah. You know, yeah, like those, those are your big two. Yeah. And then Battlefield is still in that market. It's still a big name. Mm-hmm. For but sure. like but to to say that I don't I don't know if they're expecting that they're gonna beat out Call of Duty with this. I hope they don't think that. They shouldn't, because like they said, this is a long term strategic thing. And if they thought that like, oh yeah, now Battlefield's gonna be bigger, they wouldn't there's no say way that it's going to be a long term thing. Yeah, they say it's long term. They say it's going to be a while. And in the same way that Tim Sweeney says that, you know, his investments with the Epic Game Store is a long term effect. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's gotten so much money in investments. Same thing with this. I think it's going to be a long term thing. Yeah. It may not be with Battlefield 6. It might not be with a Battlefield mobile game. It might not with, be with Battlefield 7. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a good term. Uh, for EA, I think this is a great move, and we'll see where it goes. It's really a time will tell mm-hmm. kind of deal. Definitely. So, um, why don't we move on to the number two gaming news? Okay. This is actually a report that came out uh, that we reported on. I think I want to say before he even did video wow. for this podcast. But if you don't remember the um, panic. Uh, Panic is a um, game publisher that also did uh, Firewatch and the Untitled Goose game. So that game publisher came out uh, to say in 2019, 2019, they came out with this crank handheld, right? It's a handheld with a little crank on it. You remember this? Not really. So in 2019, they they put this out there and they said, like, this is going to launch in 2020. Uh... <laughs> And 2020 happened, and it did not do yeah. anything, and everything went silent. Well, now, here in the year 2021, uh, Panic actually put out a great update to say, like, hey, it's coming out. It's coming out pretty soon, but there's a slight little change here and there. So, this is an update from Panic themselves, and I want to read it straight from the article that's linked down below, so check that one out. Um, so, this is from the article that says... Panic took to Twitter Friday morning to share an update on its um upcoming handheld. Instead of its previous $149 price tag, Playdate will now run you $179 at launch. So from $149 to $179. But it'll also come with 24 games instead of the 12 as previously planned. Likewise, a little tiny hand. Uh, likewise, the little tiny handheld's internal storage has been bumped up from two gigabytes to four gigabytes. So that's great news. So yeah, mm-hmm. you're going to be bumped up thirty bucks, but you get twelve more games and mm-hmm. two more gigabytes of storage. Yeah. Uh. So what's even greater about this uh, little update here is that Panic has said, "Hey, this is the updates about the price, how many games you get, how many gigabytes you get," but. As you're watching this or listening to this on Monday, uh, you'll be listening to this Monday, June 7th. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. On Monday, June 7th, there's actually tomorrow, as you're watching this, tomorrow there's going to be a kind of like a little direct, mm-hmm. like a panic direct, talking all about this little thing. It's going to be happening at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, I think I'll be home in time. Who knows? But yeah, there's going to be a little update video. It's going to show off this system. Mm-hmm. It's going to uh, tell more pre-order details. But it's going to be happening tomorrow, nice. 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Nice. So what do you think about this little thing? Um, I still don't know. I'll have to watch the video about it because I just, I don't know. That little thing for 150 bu- 180 bucks. 180 bucks. Yeah. Well, this is. And a- I'm assuming the crank is like what powers it. 
Uh, well, it powers it, but it also uh, there's some gameplay to it. So like okay, but it's the power. So I'm not sure, and yeah, I guess we'll find so, out for more from this video. Yeah, that. But I, it is a lot. A hundred eighty dollars for, for this tiny little thing. Yeah, when there's already a a market for handhelds, and it's. I don't know. I don't know about one hundred eighty dollars. That's for what something. I mean. It's for very, like, for a I don't very know if niche it's worth thing. It. If you're gonna spend money, you might as well spend a little bit more and mm. get a switch light. I mean, really? Yeah. So uh, I'll be looking forward to watching this update video mm -hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, time will tell, I guess. Yeah. Excuse me. But yeah, they'll be talking about pre-order uh, details and all that junk. But uh, I thought it was interesting because the last time we saw this little thing was in 2019. And I can't remember yeah. even what month it was. But I think it was like summer 2019, I remember. But I remember we, I think we <laughs> reported on this before we even had video on this podcast if i remember correctly but it's kind of crazy um but yeah good luck to panic i hope this does well i hope this does well for them mm -hmm. i i think it's a creative little thing but i don't know if i'll be buying it for 180 dollars. yeah uh which moves us on to our number one gaming news which is uh the talk of the town Ooh. god of war no it was delayed Aww. oh uh, also, it's going to be on P PlayStation 4, which a lot of people are er, angry about. Why? Mm, er. Okay, so let me explain that first. So, okay, first and foremost, God of War delayed to 2022, and we're going to get into that article quote in just a second. Now, part of the updates on the PlayStation blog that was given by, oh, I can't even remember his name. Oopsies. Uh, but the head of studio, Herman Holst, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he had to say that also it's going to be coming out on the PlayStation 4. And they said, we're not going to abandon our 110 million PlayStation 4 owners. And a lot of people are upset because Jim Ryan came out and said, we believe in generations, meaning that we're when, a, so when a new game comes out, it's only going to come out on PlayStation 5. There's not going to be a cross-generation But he's deal. also aware that he'll make more sales putting on PlayStation 4 because... Look at that! You have brains! Wow! And on top of that, it's like... I'm not. I'm not saying like. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying it's like the people on Twitter. I feel like don't have a head. Like, why would they do that, bro? It's so stupid. Money. Yeah. Money. And on top of that, they know that PlayStations <laughs> are like so hard to get. Like a PlayStation Five. Yeah. They they've said like we're not gonna have a lot of new ones till next year. So they know that a good chunk of their market still have PlayStation Fours, even though they want a PlayStation Five. So it's like. Jim, Jim Ryan. They're not stupid. Jim Ryan is a businessman. Jim Ryan likes money. Jim Ryan wants as much money and as much profit as possible. He doesn't care about the outcome of the game. He does. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about whether or not, like, oh, well, you know, it's a special thing. It, it, the most graphical, intensive, mm -hmm. blah, blah. He doesn't care. He just wants you to buy the game. And guess what has the most market reach? That's right. Putting on PlayStation 4 and 5. Yep. Oh, who would have thought it? He's going to make more money if he puts it on both systems. Yeah. Um, but that that's the thing is that a lot of people don't understand. And, and okay, and I do hear people out with saying that, like, oh, well, they put it on PlayStation 4. It's going to hold it back because they're going to have to cut some things because what they said is that if it comes out on PlayStation 5, 
it's not going to be able to run on the PS4. Like the the graph graphical intensities of the PlayStation Five and the PlayStation Four are vastly different. So mm-hmm. if you design a game for both systems, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But here's the thing. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He cares about the wallet. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get to what you were reporting on. So also, uh, before I get to this, also a little update. Apparently, Corey Bar- Barlog made the calls about this by also making it delayed and also putting it on a PS4. Corey Barlog, the creator of God of War, made the calls. So a little update on that. So people who... Um, don't think that people care about the money, money. So, uh, this is a quote from the blog post down below. Uh, the article is linked down below. Um, blog post says this. And for God of War, the project started a little later. This is talking about, so let me preface this. Um, so, they're talking about how Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West is coming out before. Like, it's still on track for 2021. So why is God of War being delayed? And then they're saying that, well, God of War started a little later in production than Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West. And for God of War, the project started a little later. So we've made the decision to push the game out to next year to ensure that Santa Monica Studio can deliver the amazing God of War game that we all want to play. With these things, something's got to give. But it cannot be the quality of our titles, and it surely won't be the health or the well-being of our amazing team. Yes. So they're saying that, like, hey, listen, Santa Monica, okay, something's got to give here, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's either give you more time or give you less health. Mm-hmm. They chose more time. Yeah. And that's just it. Is that, like, a lot of people are upset. It's like, oh, 2022, I can't wait that long. But here's the thing. These are the same people that will always complain of just like crunch hours and blah, blah, blah. I don't want people to crunch, but I also want my video games. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. What do you want? Yeah. That's what they're saying. It's just like, what do you want? What would you rather have? Would you rather have a healthy team or yeah. for you to have your video game that you're going to play and you're going to beat and you're just going to forget about? Yeah. Plain and simple. Let's let's take care of the long-term effects of human beings. I, like, like, really. And for you to say that, like, well, it has to come out on PlayStation 5 only. It's just like, okay, I get that on a, on a gamer's set point. That, yeah. like, you want the prettiest game alive. But you also have to understand that Jim Ryan doesn't care. Jim Ryan loves his money. And like you said, it was Corey Barlog who made that Corey decision. Corey Barlog made the call. Who, you said, is the creator yeah, he was. So, a, if you remember, Corey that Barlog. That means that he never planned on making it super gorgeous for PlayStation Five. Yeah. So it was never going to be that. I mean, God of War on the PlayStation Four was like a technological marvel because it had, okay, it didn't have have loading times, quote unquote, but it kind of did in some form and fashion. It did a little tricks here, but that's the thing. He did little tricks so that it could work on the PlayStation Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a technical marvel, I believe. So if he can make that for the PlayStation 4, he can make it again for PlayStation 4. Yeah. It's fine, everybody. It's fine. And he can tweak it enough that it'll be fine on PlayStation 5. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, they actually took it away. Or Corey Barlog made the calls mm-hmm. to say like, hey, we need more time. And Sony said, we want you guys to be healthy. So we're going to give you more time. Mm-hmm. There's that. And it's going to come out on PlayStation 4. Because there's 110 million PlayStation 4 owners. And yeah. how many people own the PlayStation 5? Because you can't find it right now. Mm-hmm. 
He wants to make more money. That's it. Yeah. That, that's, it's all money. It's all money. Everybody that's whining about this and saying, like, oh, you don't really care about the gamers. No, they don't. They don't. Hmm. They straight up don't. They don't. But uh, until you uh, understand that full and well, that video game company, large video game companies like Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo. Yes, remember, they started as companies that weren't part of video games first. Yeah. You have to they understand. They didn't get into this for mm. the gamers. They got into this for the money. For the money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's all I got to say about it. Um, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You hate my opinion. Blah, blah, blah. So uh, <laughs> let's let's bring it to a brighter note because uh, this is probably our, you know, our fan favorite guest. And it's, a, it's one of our favorite guests to have mm-hmm. on. And we're actually going to talk about intentional gaming. So if you watched the episode last week, we talked about this article from Rutgers University about time management and video games. And we kind of want to follow up that one by talking about what does it mean to have intentional gaming behind you? And uh, Mr. Andrew Orsi is actually uh, doing uh, something called digital minimalism. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, but, you know, enough said, said about that. We've introduced Andrew Orsi enough times. He doesn't need an introduction. Yeah, we don't really need to introduce him. So let's just bring him on. Let's bring out our good friend, Mr. Mr. Andrew Orsi. everybody we are back with our very special guest the one who always invades our space and our podcast and our lives oh my goodness this is andrew orsi surprise yeah who they don't even me? ask me to, they don't even ask me to come anymore i just show up you just show up it's just like oh but it's a discord call from andrew orsi what, what, what the heck do you oh, want I had now? this inkling you guys were recording an episode <laughs> right like, now i have this sense uh, Andrew, uh, we announced our hiatus, and of course, in the last four episodes before the big hiatus, uh, of course, you got to come back on the show at mm-hmm. least one more time, at least, at least, maybe three more times. Well, She's who gonna knows? be our guest until the <laughs> last <laughs> one. <laughs> he's gonna be our um, intern in Games and Groceries. You know, he's got to you know train a little bit, get yeah. the wheels going, yeah. and then he can just take it over. Yeah, yeah. it'll match up with all the other projects I'm doing right now, unpaid. Oh, pretty there much. Thanks. <laughs> Perfect. Fair points. So, Andrew, um, I actually want to bring you on not only because we're going on a bit of a hiatus and I wanted you back on before we did, uh, but you're also practicing digital minimalism right now. And we talked about last week about this uh, sort of time management going on in video games with Rutgers University um, and intentional gaming. But that's why I want to bring in here the art of intentional gaming. Mm-hmm. So before I want to go forward, uh, Andrew, you've been uh, reading a book. You've been practicing it for uh, you'll let us know how many days at this point. But what is digital minimalism? Is it necessary? Why is it important to manage our time with gaming? Uh, Andrew, take it away. Yeah. Um, so I've been reading uh, this book that is literally just called Digital Minimalism by mm-hmm. Cal Newport. Ooh, Ooh. I have it right here. We're not sponsored, but (laughs) Um, if you want to, Cal, Cal, he's probably not not on the internet. He's practicing digital. Probably. (laughs) It's like if you're listening (laughs) to the one person who's not going to be sponsoring a podcast. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um. So, um, I was interested in this. A friend mentioned it to me. Mm. Uh, via, uh, I believe she said something about it on social media. Um, and it sounded interesting. I've, this is like preface for me. I've always been a person who is not a huge fan of social media. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that it's a time suck. 
I know that it's like I have a tendency to doom scroll more than anything. Like if I'm scrolling through a news feed, mm-hmm. 98% of the time I come out angrier than I <laughs> went in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's not like a great thing. Um, and I think I've always been decent about self-regulating. I am one of the people on the New York subway that will like not have my phone out and look around at how every single other person is buried in a phone like yeah. the entire subway ride versus I'm either just standing there observing my surroundings or I'm reading a book. Um, so I've always been like, I've been a person who is predisposed to be conscious mm-hmm. of my digital use. Yeah. Um, but this past 15, 16, whatever months, <laughs> I've had no job. I've had nothing going on. I can't really leave the house. Right. Um, so habits that I think I've resisted for a long time by staying busy with other things and by prioritizing my time with jobs and projects and acting and whatever the heck I was doing. Um, I suddenly didn't have any of that. And so I'm just sitting at home all day and I started to get into habits of like scrolling social media, mm-hmm. which is not something I want to do. Like, and I, it would be like two hours. I would wake up and lay in my bed for two hours mm-hmm. on my phone. Yeah. It's like, I don't, that's not how I should start my day. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause like I said, it was usually, especially in the past year, you can imagine me going into Twitter rabbit holes where I'm in a political firestorm thread and everyone's throwing things around and I'm just, everything's terrible. It was all yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. And I didn't come out of that with like a clearer view on anyone's opinion because everyone just screamed insults at each other. Yeah. I didn't come out of it with, better information about the news because it wasn't a news site it's twitter <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah so there wasn't actual like value to balance out the like emotion that i was feeling so i was noticing that and simultaneously noticing like i've I, i've in the past had you know if i've worked five days in a row and i'm tired i come home and i'll play video games the whole next day you know mm. if i have the day off like after five days in a row of work or something and I'm tired and I just want to veg out, I don't care. And I don't like penalize myself for that Mm -hmm. generally, as long as Mm -hmm. I'm not like not getting work done, it's fine to do it. But when I'm here and I'm trying to like regulate my time to like work on this music thing or like learn programming, all of which are things that I'm trying to do that have like goals that Mm -hmm. I need to work to achieve. Mm -hmm. But the video game controller is right there on the couch sitting here. And I just go, I'll just play a game while I eat lunch. And then as soon as lunch is over, I'll get to work. Mm -hmm. And then it's 8 p.m. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't mind doing that one day. But if I kind of started doing it four or five days in a row or Mm -hmm. every day, it was becoming like a very impulsive Mm -hmm. thing. Um, So I happened to like check this book out of the library, reading through it. And essentially... um, it's a pretty <laughs> the actual just like description of digital minimalism is pretty short. Mm. The book is divided into two parts and it's like the first like 50 pages are like here's what it is, here's why we do it. Try it. <laughs> and then the rest of it is like here are maybe pitfalls and other things you can like try to occupy your time with. Mm. Um so essentially digital minimalism is having an awareness of in our digital age how most if not all technologies are built nowadays to keep your attention on them continuously Mm -hmm. as long as possible there's devs who have come out of of facebook and um you know other social media type things who literally said yeah yeah um part of our goals in building the back end of these things was to keep 
the user's eyes trained on them. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. is literally a thing that was said out loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which isn't necessarily shocking to me, but I think we don't talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, or, or actively think about it when you're just using the site. Or yeah. just be concerned um, about it at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there are definitely people that don't, that aren't worried about it, that yeah. don't care if they're on their phone all day. Yeah. And I mean, I guess more power to them. Live your life the way you want. I think mm-hmm. that's miserable for me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so he talks about a lot about that and then essentially outlines um, how you can move yourself into digital minimalism. Mm-hmm. The idea is to change your relationship with technology because technology is advancing so fast that we don't always have the time to like evolve and adapt to each new flashy thing that comes. Mm-hmm as Mm -hmm. it goes and because we don't have this sort of easy access to technology anywhere in the past right no one has like a blueprint as to how to effectively approach new technologies we Mm -hmm. just kind of grab them Mm -hmm. yeah which is what they want us to do i mean they're (laughs) they're making it flashy on purpose yeah um so what he says is you're going to do a digital declutter 30 Mm -hmm. day digital declutter is what it's called it is not a detox because mm-hmm. a detox implies that you just get rid of it for a while and then you go back the way you were. Mm. Um, the idea is to change your habits. So um, everyone kind of gets to set their own rules on the declutter. Mm. Uh, any technology for work, you have to keep, yeah. obviously. <laughs> right. Um, if you're online, you know, I'm still doing online classes right now mm-hmm. because that's working towards my goal. That's the thing I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not just like being off the internet. Mm-hmm. Um but my phone is the emptiest it's ever been. Nice. I deleted all at, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All those are gone. Discord's gone. Reddit's gone. Um, Safari is gone because <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. Facebook's been off my phone for a long time, but I would just open it in Safari. So <laughs> oh, fair. <laughs> there you go. It wasn't working. Yeah. Uh, so basically, my phone has like texting, phone, uh, Lyft seamless for food delivery and banking like that's all that's left on the phone at this point um in other words i don't want things that are going to give me notifications because anything that pulls you into the phone you can then just start browsing through things Mm -hmm. on your phone Mm -hmm. um and then my other choice was to limit video games to an hour a day and a Mm -hmm. very specifically i have to because i was doing it habitually Mm because i was just picking up a controller i have to play them by choosing, okay, this is when I'm going to play the video games. I set a timer for an hour mm. and I only play it for that amount of time. Mm. And I'm allowed to relax and play it for that amount of time. I don't have to be worried about other things, but that has to be like a, you've chosen this as your break hour in the middle of the day where you're going to play a game real quick. And as soon as that hour is done, you're going back to the other thing that you need to finish for the day. Mm-hmm. Whatever that may be. Um, and I'm doing the same thing with binge watching. I'm not allowed to binge watch because <laughs> that's another, I'm sure a lot of people could relate to that one too, where you just, because yeah. there's the autoplay, it just goes forever. Yes. So um, I've limited myself to one episode a day. Wow. It can be, Good it doesn't matter you. what it is. It can be an hour episode or a half an hour episode, whatever I may be watching, but one. Yes. Um. So the idea is to do this for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, I started at the beginning of June. I'm just using the month of June. Mm-hmm. I said, I said, Pride Month. I don't need technology. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Actually, um, yeah, that's a that's a good month to do it. Kind of. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm doing it for the month of June, and then the general idea would be that because you like the first couple weeks will probably be hard. He says, which yeah. makes sense to me. Um, and then because you do this for 30 days. 
you then you don't immediately in July just bring everything back. Right. You start to gradually reintroduce stuff mm-hmm. one at a time. And as you reintroduce the thing, what you're supposed to do at that point in the digital minimalist philosophy is ask yourself, does this bring me value? Mm -hmm. And is it the most efficient way to get that value? Mm. So if I was using Twitter Mm -hmm. for my news, is Twitter the most efficient way to get news? It's definitely not. Fair. So at that point, I would say, okay, if the only value I see in Twitter is news, we don't put Twitter back. Mm. We find a new app that consolidates the news sources I'm interested in and delivers them in like a 15-minute digestible bite or something mm-hmm. like that so that mm-hmm. I'm allowed to engage with the news every day. That's a good thing. It has value to me. But I'm not doing anything that's going to keep me scrolling through various articles in a disorganized fashion for hours. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And, and, and that's, that's, my, that's where I'm at. Mm. I'm five days in. It's weird. Yeah, I imagine. Because that's the, that's the thing is that we're we're trying to break a habit here. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. we said, Andrew, is that they're designed to keep your eyes focused. Uh, the one thing that I did uh, pick up on, uh, well, not one thing, many things that I picked on, on when you said is that uh, it's not a declutter. You know, it's not, it's not a detox. detox. It's a declutter. And once in July, you just start to unpack things that you actually want in life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and I think in this month, you get to figure out what you actually want and what's your, not even want, but what you need in mm-hmm. life. And therefore, like your, your phone isn't just cluttered up and you're, you know, you have your phone for a purpose mm-hmm. rather than a toy, basically. Yeah. Yes. And that kind of goes into video games at this point. So, um, Andrew, thank you for sharing what you've been reading. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, you, that was very long-winded. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, that's that's what again. That's why I, why I wanted to bring yeah. you on for it because yeah. you're you're actually practicing this. You're actually doing mm-hmm. this. Um, like the article said in Rutgers University that uh, you can only do an hour every weekday and four hours on the weekends, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I read that and I'm like, that is that's pretty fair. Yeah, that's a pretty fair amount. Like yeah. four hours on a weekend. Uh, so my weekends, like I said, are Mondays and Tuesdays. That's around what I get, about three to four hours maybe mm-hmm. because I'm working on other things. I'm working on games and groceries, E-Vault. I'm working on – I'm not working on what's the biz because that's just like yeah. – it's like whatever. Grab just kind of show up to that. Basically show up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is what digital minimalism is. Mm-hmm. Now let's revert that to the games industry. And yeah. like what you said, you have the video game controller. You see it there and – you, it's 8 p.m. Like you're, yeah. you're done for. But because you set that hour, right, mm-hmm. it makes it that much clearer. Now, because, you know, I, I've been so busy, too. I've been just loving MLB The Show 21. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love it on Game Pass because I can get in a game. Boom. Maybe a uh, maybe a game or two, because sometimes they take me out as the pitcher and I'm like, oh, man, come on. And so I'll take I'll take two games. That's about half hour to an hour Mm -hmm. just to do that. And I'm done. Then I can go right back. Now, my question as we uh, continue this conversation is that do we think that the modern gaming industry, the modern gaming culture actually encourages intentional gaming? And when I'm talking about intentional gaming, we're talking about what digital minimalism is, is that uh, having something for a purpose that's like essential for you. Right. Intentional gaming. Right. Um. Does it allow that or does it, you know, try to get you away from thinking about it intentionally and just keep 
making you play and play and play Mm -hmm. no matter what. Um, So, Andrew, what do you think about this? I think it varies game Mm -hmm. to game. Mm -hmm. I think it varies developer to developer. And I think it varies even like genre to genre. You can see differences in this sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say like... I, I don't have a ton of experience with a, a, a wide array of MMOs, mm, mm-hmm. but I would suggest that MMOs try to keep you playing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like that's a whole um, game design. Mm-hmm. It's just to uh, keep yeah. you leveling up and keep yeah. giving more content. The yeah. more players yeah. we have online, the more, you know, if they have advertising and sponsoring, mm-hmm. they probably get paid per that. Yes. Um, a lot of them like WoW and that sort of thing. Uh, Final Fantasy 14, they have mm-hmm. monthly subscription kind of things. So they need you to be checking in regularly, even mm-hmm. if you're not playing long times each day. Mm-hmm. They don't want to lose you and have you go, oh, why am I paying for this subscription? Stop my money. Yes. Um, so those definitely are, I think, the clearest cut answer. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of games, I mean, that's the that's the thing about video games as a form of entertainment that I think we need to keep an awareness of within ourselves is they are built to give constant little tiny packages of dopamine. Mm -hmm. Yes. They're like, did you get a level up? We're going to play a little trumpet jingle and show you some numbers increasing. Ooh, doesn't that feel good? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, or everything is packaged by like levels or Mm -hmm. by matches or it's small compact things Mm -hmm. that, and this is the this is the binge watching weakness too. Mm-hmm. If yes. it is a small compact thing, it makes it that much easier for your brain to go, that felt good. What would one more hurt? Mm-hmm. Right. And then twenty one mores later, mm-hmm. you've been playing forever. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh Liz, what do you think about this? No, I think um I think a lot of video games kind of go off this. Cause like you think of even like the long-winded games that go on for hours, mm-hmm. you think, oh, well, I'll go a little bit more, see how far I can get. Yeah. Oh, and you're just like, oh, I'll play for a little bit. But then the story gets really interesting. Right. Like there's always twists and turns in the story. So you're going to do that. Even think about how, like when we were, we've been playing, um, oh, what's. Oh, uh, it takes two. Yeah, that's what I thought. We still have not beaten it. Because every time we go <laughs> on, we're like, oh, why don't we finish this game? But it's so much longer than we anticipated it being Yes. that our sessions are longer than they would typically be because we think we're almost done. Yeah, it's uh, it's surprisingly a long game. It's very, it's unnecessarily long. <laughs> But yeah. we're not talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I mean, where we're like, oh, well, we'll just play and we'll finish it up. And then we don't. But we but our sessions are longer because we're like, oh, well, we're almost done. Right. Yeah. Because uh, we're at the part uh, where we think we're at the end and we have this piece of note and the book comes out like, oh, you need to earn these four pieces of them. Like, And then oh. he throws them away. and We're like, oh, so it's like four levels of just like they're each like maybe like an hour, hour and a half long. I'm like. Dang it. Come yeah. on. So did you want 600 extra fetch quests? Yeah, Ooh. it's basically it. I'm exactly. like, oh, my goodness. Okay. And so it's like and so and other game, like I said, you got games like I don't know. I can't think of any games. I, I, the only thing I keep thinking of is how long Red Dead Redemption 2 is. Yes. But and that's the thing. The or story, Persona 5. There you go. The, yeah. the stories are captivating. So when you're like, oh, I'll just play it for like 30 minutes. Like, oh, well, that was really interesting. Let me let me see what happens after that. Mm-hmm. And that's I mean, even the shows we watch. Yes. You you know, we were watching Better Call Saul. You're like, why don't we watch that instead? Because you yes. wanted to know what happened next. Mm-hmm. And that's how everything gets you. So I think video games definitely do it, whether it's intentional or not. Mm hmm. 
I don't know because you think regular games, they don't really get anything the longer you play. You already paid for the game. It doesn't mm. matter to them. But I think games yeah. definitely do it. Well, I think um, it goes either way because I like your an- answer, Andrew. I love your answer, Andrew. Mm. I think Andrew is a very valuable guest here on the Games of Grosses podcast. So I must say that uh, for legal reasons. But uh, <laughs> for <laughs> the MMOs, uh, MMO or RPGs, anything like that, or even games as a live service, like mm-hmm. um, you know, you're talking about your Call of Duty, Mar- yeah. uh, Call of Duty War Zones, your um, just like anything like that, right? So yeah. uh, I was about to say Call of Duty Warzone, but then I'm like, oh, but I get so caught up in Call of Duty Black Ops. Um, oh, what's the one I like? What's the game mode I like? Uh, Prop Hunt. I get mm-hmm. so caught up in Prop Hunt, but that's the thing. Or it's even just- like Candy Crush. Or even Candy Crush, mm-hmm. but that's the thing. But is the that mobile games one hundred percent? Oh my gosh! Yes. Anything on your phone <laughs> is meant to captivate your attention. It's nothing yeah. but. That's yeah. why every single app you put on your phone has a notification system. Mm-hmm. Right, and that- every single one of them has notifications, and the in-app purchases pop up between every level because yes. they know they're keeping you playing, mm-hmm. so they want to give you as many opportunities as possible to maybe pay something. Yeah, and exactly. that's the thing. I think MMOs keep you playing, and unfortunately. Excuse me. And unfortunately with RPGs, right? RPGs are a fantastic like game design. It, it really is. It really enthralls you into the world. But at the same time, I don't have time for mm-hmm. them. But like you said, like you said, I think it's gaming culture that tries to get you to binge it rather mm-hmm. than the game industry themselves. Because like you said, for a story-based game like Persona 5 that takes 200 hours, 200 literal hours yeah. just to beat... 200 hours or Red Dead Redemption 2 that takes 60. I don't think the games company cares if you beat it yeah. in like a week. You I already don't think paid for it. They don't care. Games culture is just like, oh, I've, I need I've, to finish this because otherwise I'm going to get spoiled. Yeah, or I'm going to get spoiled. Yeah. Or, oh, uh, this person hasn't seen the light of day since seven days ago because he's been playing Persona 5 for three nights in a row, mm-hmm. right? I, I think it's almost like that peer And he's pressure. only a third of the way through the game. He's only a third <laughs> yeah. of the way. Like, honestly, Persona 5 is too long. I'm sorry. But anyways, so I, I don't think the game's company cares if you beat it right away. Mm-hmm. Most of them know that you're not going to beat the game because yeah. you paid for it. They don't care if you beat it. Mm-hmm. You paid for it. But it's the game's culture that says, like, uh, have you done this level? Have you done that level? Like, have you have you done this ending? Are you are you the good or the bad? Right. Uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Haven't you played through all three games three different times? Have you gone through the trilogy in the trilogy style? It's like I can't tell you how I've I played Mass Effect one and two before I started this and I had just started three and it's been like. Ah, yeah. I can those so fast and I can only play one hour at a time this one. <laughs> Which is why I can't bring in new RPGs because I, I play a little bit of Mass Effect because I'm familiar with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know yeah. the story. But to give me a new RPG, I'm just like, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I've owned Persona 5 for two years and haven't touched it because yeah. I just know. It's 200 yeah. hours. Like, you, And like you said, when you only have an hour a day... 200 hours that's 200 days just dedicated to a game 200 Mm -hmm. days that's it's almost a year yeah almost a year uh but yeah it's kind of like it goes game by game but intentional gaming is just um when we're talking about intentional gaming like what andrew said like an hour a day maybe a couple more hours during the weekends right like what rucker said but 
I, I, I think it goes either game industry or game culture. I don't think it really encourages it, but I don't also see them discouraging it either. But mm-hmm. that's exactly how, yeah. how they get you, right? Yeah. Twitter doesn't discourage or encourage it. It just exists. They, they, they invent the platform to keep you on, on mm-hmm. it. Same thing with the game's culture. It's like they'll never say it, but it's part of their yeah. operations, yeah. you know? Well, I would also say that like gaming culture, while it is its own beast, is a product of modern day technology culture yes. where everybody expects everything to be consumed as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. They want it immediately. They want it like in mm-hmm. like immediately. You know what I mean? Like the whole. Um, it's it's funny because it's one of those things when people people will talk about like some point in the future, we're going to be able to take a book and just flip through it and it'll be in our brains. And I'm like, like, I why? like reading. Yeah. yeah. I don't uh, want to just know. Yeah. Like yeah. It's the process of going through the adventure and taking your time with it is much more satisfying. Mm-hmm. But the the way technology advances in, in the modern world, and especially in a capitalist world where a lot of things are based around money, mm-hmm. which is the root of some of this stuff, um, is that it's like, get it as fast as possible and then get the next best thing. Yes. Always trying to get the next thing out. Like mm-hmm. the fact we don't need a new model of the iPhone every single year. Mm-hmm. No. The iPhones do not go bad that fast, but that's Apple's model mm-hmm. and everyone has bought into it. Apple doesn't even do sales. The chart, the prices of Apple products are insane. Mm-hmm. Yes. But they never do sales because people pay those prices. It's insane. It's all like a trap. Yes. Anyways, mm-hmm. so here we are. <laughs> Well, actually, brings me into my next topic here is that uh, talking about video game consoles, owning multiple consoles, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like what you said, like, the, we, we live in an industry, not just with video games, but with Apple, but uh, with uh, all sorts of technology, right? Mm-hmm. But now we're getting into this next generation and we're getting into console wars and we're getting into owning these multiple consoles, right? Now, let's let's bring this up. Can buying multiple consoles, like, you know, getting an Xbox and a PlayStation and a Switch um, and a um, Panic Playdate, right? Can, can all of these things contribute in a way to intentional gaming? Or should we look towards just guy getting one gaming mm. console, right? Because there are different games that we like to play. Like, for me, I love Ghost of Tsushima mm-hmm. as a PlayStation exclusive. Uh, well, now it's on PC. Wait, is it on PC? No. No, a whole it's lot not. Of thoughts all at once. It, I don't think goes. Did it get on PC? No, no idea. I, I would pick up my phone and Google it, but I can't. <laughs> oh. Google it. <laughs> oh, but I don't think I. Hmm. I don't think that. I don't think that was one that actually got into it. But Ghost of Tsushima, right? That is PlayStation exclusive. But I also love and value Halo. I don't care what people say. I love Halo exclusive to the xbox right these are games i definitely love and want to play but you know we can also contribute to buying multiple consoles to say that like oh i don't really care i just want to play them all and just get all the consoles and just play everything that possibly can come out right so can it contribute to that or should we focus on that one console mentality uh before i go to andrew liz do you have an answer um, I just got a probably not. I don't think it is. Hmm. Uh, uh. Okay, Andrew. They're let me. They're in line. They're in line. Yeah. To be. I I figured as much. Mm. It, it's that, a this never... is an article from March, so it might be out on PC by now. Yeah. It. I. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Andrew, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Um. Yeah. I think again, this is a different 
question for each person. Mm. And I think the way that my brain is approaching this already, which is clearly uh, my training from the past five days, mm. um, is which of these game systems is going to bring me the most value mm -hmm. in the most efficient manner. Um, this past generation, the Xbox One, PS4, and Switch, was the first time that I owned all three of the major consoles. Mm -hmm. Yes. Prior to that, I generally had Nintendo things, although I was going to say I didn't have the Nintendo consoles. I just had the portable systems, but that's literally a lie. I've yeah. had the GameCube, <laughs> Wii, and Wii U. <laughs> so that's not true. That's not true. Ignore me. Um, but like I had a PlayStation 2, a PlayStation... Like I never had an Xbox. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up with an Xbox. I didn't really need the third game system. I had plenty of things to keep me busy. Um... So the only reason that I had all three was because I was getting into the, you know, good game, great game and like mm -hmm. doing a gaming world type of thing. And so I needed access to more things. And, and that was sort of what happened there. But now as we're moving on into like the Xbox Series X and the PS5, I mean, I the big reason I haven't bought one yet is because I do not have excess money to throw away on one. Sure. And I don't want to go through the headache of trying to find a place that isn't sold out because that's been a whole process. Yeah. True. But on top of that. Um, I am sitting here thinking about I've been a PlayStation I've, that's generally been the console I've followed my whole life. Mm -hmm. But Game Pass feels like the best access to the most things to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In a certain sense. So maybe I'm going to like just get the Xbox Series. It's definitely one of those things where I think it is up to the individual. If you have money to safely spend on these things and you want to have access to multiple options. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, but that is going to require more self-regulation in terms of not spreading yourself too thin, not falling into the trap of playing mm -hmm. too many video games all the time. Mm. Um, a lot of this just comes back to like intentionality in gaming is, is a part of teaching yourself intentionality about life, mm. which says me a wise 31 year old, <laughs> right. Who has spent most of his life not knowing what he's doing. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I think I spent most of the pandemic, deciding that oh I, I keep having trouble focusing on these online classes i keep having trouble blah 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 i'm mm. just playing video games i'm just doing all these easy accessible fun things instead of working on my goals mm -hmm. um and so i kind of decided like i think i'm a person that needs structure and is not able to do it for myself mm. even though i want to be able to have the discipline i i work better in a school or in a a, a you know any kind of like a learning environment where i'm accountable to other people externally sure. mm. Um, but in the past five days, I've been writing out a daily schedule and mm. following yeah. it, like telling myself how much time I'm going to spend on each of these projects and mm. like finding that, oh, maybe, maybe there is some of that. Maybe it is literally learning that like, I need to be intentional about my purchases, about mm -hmm. where I'm putting my time, about my focus. And that changes a lot. And so I think in terms of, of buying consoles, it's just going to be rather than I need all the new shiny things, which mm -hmm. is the culture that the internet falls into and that I think the game companies want you to be in. Exactly. Um, you need to ask yourself, do each of them have value? Am, am I getting the PS five just for one game? Mm -hmm. Do I need that? Am I getting the Xbox, but I'm going to be on game pass, but I'll never use it. Do I need that? You know what I yeah. mean? Mm -hmm. It's a lot of like, we, we as consumers need to learn to start stepping back and asking ourselves yeah. questions. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's the thing is that we need to put these companies in accountable state. Like for me, uh, you know, of course, you know, we need to hold Ubisoft accountable. That was a hashtag that went around. Mm -hmm. And I thoroughly believe in that because they allowed sexual harassment to go out. Mm -hmm. 
I am no longer putting my money into Ubisoft. Yeah. That that's it. You're holding these companies accountable. But that's an, that's one extreme on to, like boycotting, mm-hmm. right? Which is going to be the next Evolt video if you didn't know already. Mm. Uh boycotting a video game company. Hooray. Um but that's the thing. It's one thing to boycott, but talk about the other extreme like what you said is my time, my money, and you know, do I value this thing? Mm-hmm. That needs to be put into accountability too, right? Yeah. Not letting these companies just throw anything at you, like, okay, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. But it's just like you have limited time, you have mm-hmm. limited money. These are limited resources that you have. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like really ask them, is this something I want to spend my money on? The one thing I kept thinking when when as you were speaking. It's exactly like this podcast. You know, I understand that people do not care about me. Like mm-hmm. I go on the Internet. I mean, it's funny, but it's also true. But it's also true. Nobody cares about me. But I need to make this show in a way where people care. People yeah. need to ask me why your show. Why not CADcast? Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say Giant Bomb, but uh, they're gone. So whatever. But, you know, why not these other gaming podcasts? Yeah. Why yours? And I need to constantly answer that question because I'm handsome. That's the answer. Um, yes. But the same thing that you ask me, why your podcast? You need to ask these same things to the gaming companies. Why your game? Mm-hmm. Why you? Why your gaming console? Always. Yeah. Why not just get the Xbox because it gives you Game Pass, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. But Liz. And you- even as far as. Why 70, 60, 70 dollars yes. for this game right now, as opposed to two years from now, 40, 30 dollars? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 20 dollars. How maybe it sells really badly, four dollars. <laughs> like, I, I still haven't bought, uh, I still haven't purchased um, Resident Evil 8 because I'm like, it's going on Game Pass, yeah. it's straight up going to Game yeah. Pass. Like, so I'll just wait till it's on Game Pass, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I would be shocked even if like two years from now it never makes it on. I'll be shocked, but you know, I'll just wait till it goes on Game Pass. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, Liz, do you have any thoughts? Um, I don't even remember your original question at this point. <laughs> uh, do you think multiple uh con like owning multiple consoles can lead to intentional gaming, or do you think it discourages it? Do you think we should just stick to one console? Um, I don't think or so. Or PC. I don't think. <laughs> it discourages anything because like think about our house we do have both a playstation and an xbox we intend on getting the new generations eventually eventually we have a gamecube we have some older systems Mm -hmm. and you know i and we don't overplay games we have them because those are systems that there are games on them that we like you wouldn't have ever gotten a playstation if i didn't like video games i don't see you ever going out of your way to buy a playstation just so you could have played the spider-man game because at the time that almost did but like but you you wouldn't it's not in your personality that you would go buy a whole expensive console Mm -hmm. to play one game that you were interested in playing you're Mm -hmm. like okay i guess i lose out on that one yeah whereas since I prefer games that tend to be on PlayStation. Mm -hmm. That's why we got a PlayStation because they had games that I was interested in. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think having multiple consoles encourages Mm -hmm. overplaying or anything like that. If you're buying them because they have games you want to play, Mm -hmm. not just like one game. Yeah. I think it's, it's fine to own more than one. And if you see that you're not using it ever, Mm -hmm. then you can get rid of it. Exactly. But 
I want to bring this around to uh, a fan favorite, as we like to say. I, I want to bring it to, as we were talking about social media bad, we're going to talk about social media answers. Hooray! You don't know how much that's going to help in editing that you started this at the very beginning of this clip. Yay! It's going to be so helpful. Uh, so, I asked you on the garbage social media... Uh, <laughs> what does intentional gaming look like to you? And all of you said, I don't know. My, I'm, I'm on social media. But I have a couple answers here. So I asked you on the Twitters, on the Instagrams, and on the Discords, what does intentional gaming look like to you? And firstly, we're going to go to Instagram, who uh, the Play Your Way podcast has to say, number one. Going on your lunch break at work and firing up the switch to get 45 minutes of playtime in. And number two, uh, getting home from an exhausting day at work, turning on a game to play for an hour or two because you know it's the hardest part. Um, sorry. And turning a game on to play in for an hour or two because you know the hardest part is just the energy just to turn it on. Mm -hmm. But once you're actually dive back in, you glad you did. Gaming uses energy, critical thinking skills, movement, and the active listening skills. So the motivation to play isn't there 24-7. Intentionality can be important. Uh, so like you said, like during your lunch break, which Andrew, you brought up that like you, you have a set time, set hour, boom, that's it. But even like gaming does bring joy. And we talked mm -hmm. about that. We actually talked about that with you and Zach on the show. It's true. It's true. It does. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you need to be intentional with your yeah. time with it because you know it's going to take up that energy. When's the best time to play video games? When you have yeah. the most energy and you can make this um, a, a joyful thing, I yeah. guess you can say. Uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts on this comment? Yeah, no, I, I really like I really like the I know that video games are a great middle of the day decompressor for me. So mm -hmm. I very specifically plan to play them on my lunch break. I think yes. that's fantastic because mm -hmm. number one, it's, it's a, it's kind of a limited time thing. So it's not anything where you can get trapped into going down the rabbit hole and not getting mm -hmm. your work done. You have to go back to work at a certain time, yes. but you're then able to use it in a way that has value to you. You're mm -hmm. able to get the entertainment. You're able to process what you've done that morning or get away from what you've done in the morning. If yes. That's yeah. what you need to do whatever it may be. Um, and that's that's the value that the video games ultimately have. Like, none of this discussion is to suggest that, like, video games no. don't have value or mm -hmm. we should judge people who want to play them for longer periods of time. It's just a matter of, like, that is a wonderful way to structure it intentionally for yourself, mm. knowing this is a very effective way for me to use mm -hmm. video games to get the most out of them. Mm. Yeah. And I, and I wholeheartedly agree with that, that, uh, you know, if we if we just play it during times that we're the least amount of energy and we don't enjoy it, like mm -hmm. we're just trying to get this in because we want to play a video game, it's going to just kill the joy all the mm -hmm. way. Uh, Liz, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I definitely agree. I thought, I'm thought i kind of glad he said this because I thought it was just me where it's like sometimes the hardest part about playing the video game is getting the energy to turn it on. Yes. Because I'm just like, yes, that is like my biggest problem because it's like I want to play, but it's like then I have to like start it. And I have to figure out where I am in the game. Yes. And it's like, but then once you get into it, you're like, oh yeah, I actually do. I, I like this game. I want, I'm glad I'm doing this. Yeah. But the energy, the thought process of thinking of like, oh, I have to start the game up and mm -hmm. figure everything out again. Like, especially if it's been a while since you played it. Yeah. I'm like, ugh. 
So like I completely get that one and mm. understand that. But I think having that limited time is, you know, I definitely agree with that. Andrew, quick question to you, uh, and then we'll move forward to the Discord answers. You say you play an hour a day. Now, does that timer start when you pick up the controller or when you're when your game starts? So let's say you're playing on Xbox. Is it when you turn on the Xbox or when the game finally loads in that the hour starts? Uh, I usually start when I'm picking up the controller. Like mm. I, I usually like if I'm playing at four to five, mm-hmm. I'll set the alarm for five. I pick up the controller at four, but the alarm is going to go off at five no matter what. You know. Dang. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also <laughs> don't tell my boss. Oh. I've played over an hour a couple of days already. No. <laughs> I'm very bad. <laughs> I also my boss is me, so I mean, oh, <laughs> don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> Uh, um, but even so like i'm i'm working on it i think the thing for me is more the idea that like it's not that i don't ever want to be allowed to play more than an hour of video games in a day like i said mm-hmm. i don't need to demonize that if that's what right. you want to do mm-hmm. and you have the time and there's value to doing that that's fine but i should mm. be able to only play an hour i shouldn't yeah. be so addicted and so habitual and impulsive on it that i cannot limit the time to an mm-hmm. hour if i need it to yeah uh, that's yeah. where the issue's been so mm-hmm. um yeah i'm i'm working on it mm-hmm. <laughs> i i only ask that because like because of load times and i'm sure like oh get the get the next generation because there is no load times i only said because like quick zoom on the xbox but it's like there's always so loading time waiting for the xbox to load up and you mm-hmm. gotta pick you know we already picked the game but you know uh, getting the game to load in loading your save file and then boom because mm-hmm. there, there's like a good couple minutes with that but uh i i was just like curious about that yeah yeah i mean if you wanted to account for that sure if you want to make sure that the hour is a full hour of actual game things, time you know maybe then i would start turning it on at 355 yeah so yeah started by four or something but i'm not that crazy about it yeah mm-hmm. I mean, Mass Effect Legendary also has fairly quick load times, so I don't think it's been like a massive. It, it does, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go into the Discord. Uh, At Commander Nikki has this to say. It's especially when I'm getting a new game I've never played before. Focusing on every first impression, the title screen, the soundtrack, first steps in a new world, the voice acting, the story, taking everything in and having nothing else running in the background. And that's especially important. Having nothing else running in the background. You're not having a podcast. You're not having like another video. You're not having a movie or any kind of other music, you know, or a podcast or nothing in the background. When she games, it's intentional that she takes in the sound, the soundtrack, the voice acting, mm-hmm. right? She takes that in the first steps in the new world. Like she's actually taking this all in, taking her time in it mm-hmm. instead of right. Like, oh, I, I'm, I just want to play a video game and just yeah. like playing the video game rather than, you know, stopping to smell the roses. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Andrew, what are your thoughts? I think it's I, this is a this is a very different approach to a like a slightly different definition of intentional, mm. but it works around to the same thing that digital minimalism is trying to teach you, which mm. is being present in the active moment that you're like choosing to take it in in a certain way. Mm. The idea of digital minimalism is getting out of impulsive, unconscious 
use mm-hmm. of things yes. and to make sure that your use of things is conscious. Mm-hmm. So in, in this time, if you're choosing your hour of gaming for the day, you want to be focused on it. You want to like get out of it what you're trying to, as opposed to just like, I'm so tired. Let me put on 17 shows <laughs> while I play this game and just lay here. And then you're not really like mm-hmm. taking it you're in. You're not getting as much from the individual things. You're mm. just getting a cacophony of noise to surround you mm-hmm. while you veg out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what I'm going to take in this hiatus, you know, because I've been only just taking video games as just like, okay. Uh, I want to play video games because I have a video game podcast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. But during the hiatus, I want to enjoy a video game, you know, mm-hmm. but really take in, especially the soundtrack, because I'm really trying to like, I'm really trying to get back into music. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of the intentionality I'm going to take in this hiatus. I'm going to like get back into it, try to like, you know, write some songs again and uh, taking an intentionality with it. But during that time, I want to really take inspiration from video game soundtracks mm-hmm. and just take it all in. How does it adapt to the to the actual game I'm in? But that that's what what she's saying is that you know stopping to smell the roses. Yeah. But Liz, uh, do you have any thoughts on? Um, not really. Just because yeah. I don't really struggle with focusing on video games, I actually mm. struggle to play video games. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm just like, I need to start dedicating an hour a day to play. Like, I have to force myself to play video games for an hour a day as opposed to preventing myself from playing over an hour. Right. So it's like, um, yeah, I don't really have an opinion on that one. Well, that's all right. Uh, you're not you're not really a person that doesn't stop to smell the roses. You you like uh you like I like taking my time with like that's yeah. how I am. Like I like to be like I like to have multiple things at a time. That's because I it helps me focus in more. Like I like to read a book with some instrumental music playing because mm. it helps set a whole mood for me. Right. So like I I don't I don't struggle to not stop as well because I'm I'm just a slow person. That's <laughs> why Liz is better adjusted than the rest. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> well, it's okay. You just said that Nikki is wrong with everything that you said. I didn't said, but say it's that. Fine. I said we'll just I'm move on different. to twofer. Uh, twofer has to say, Commander what Nikki. What was that? Commander Nikki, she didn't say that. I did not. But twofer has to say, uh, intentionality means it means everything to me. I'll always play video games for a reason. If I'm having a bad day, a video game will always pull me into a brighter mood. I've used video games to cope with tragedies, like watch, um, like watchdogs for when my grandmother passed away, or pull an all-nighter LAN party with Halo to celebrate a friend's birthday. Right, you're with other friends. You're with them. It's a mm-hmm. LAN party, not just you know you you hop online. But I'll never put it in front of other quote-unquote more important priorities such as house chores, work, or time with my girlfriend, Minecraft if I'm sad, Rocket League, Rocket League if I'm mad, or Halo if I'm, if I'm bad. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Halo if I'm bad. Um, I hope I made sense of that. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, was he teasing me? He just said, like, I hope that made sense. And I'm like, hey, that's my thing. Topher, dang it. <sighs> that's okay. I'll never play Rocket League with him ever again. But I do like 
I do like how he has a purpose with everything. He uses mm-hmm. video games. And sure, you know, a psychologist might say, like, oh, you use video games to cope with tragedies. Oh, well, we should work on that. No, it's the same thing. People listen to certain types of music when they're in a certain mood. No. If yeah. I'm in a good mood, I listen to Panic at the Disco. Well, or I have music that I can sing along to. Right. If I'm right. feeling anxious, I tend to listen to more worship music. Yeah. Like you, you ba- like it's the same thing with video games. He bases video games off of his mood. Yeah, I do the same thing yeah. with shows. If I'm really anxious and not feeling great, I am not going to go sit down and watch Supernatural. Mm-hmm. That's not going to help. Right. I'll watch a sitcom. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Andrew? No, yeah, very, very much agreed. Um, like video games can absolutely be a part of of processing something mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, I mean. Maybe sometimes you literally just need escapism for a second. Mm-hmm. You just need something that takes you out of what you're dealing with in the world. Um, yeah. That's okay, too. I mean, if you're using it too much as an avoidance tactic, mm-hmm. then I understand the psychologist being like, okay, now we need to talk about it. But, right. mm-hmm. you know, the the diatribe that we will sometimes get from modern day civilization about, you know, you're wasting your time. It, it's not always. You can yeah. absolutely use it for whatever. It's another form of art. It's another form of media taken in like any other it can be a very effective form of entertainment or relief or coping or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the point of art in the first place. So yeah, I, I love that. I love that he mentioned, you know, that they're important to me that I always do them intentionally and have mm-hmm. reasons for using them, mm-hmm. but they're not going to supersede other responsibilities. Cause mm-hmm. that's an important thing to make sure that we keep in mind while we're doing stuff. And yeah. not everyone struggles with that, but some people will. So yeah, yeah I, I agree with, a lot of what Tufer and Liz said. So yeah, I mean, there there's days where, like what you do, like I make daily lists, mm-hmm. and there's just not enough time in my day to do that, right? Yeah. And some of the days it's more of just like recording games and groceries, and then recording an evolved video. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I have work, and then I have to you know do this chore, do this chore, do this chore, and it's just like okay, I don't have time for video games today, but maybe tomorrow mm-hmm. I'll have all the time. But yeah. like I need to plan out my day and have a priority in my life and then just you know, fill in the gaps like I have time for games mm-hmm. today and like seeing it from the moment I wake up. Do I have time? No, I don't. But that's not a big deal mm-hmm. because tomorrow I will. Yeah. Or maybe I'll die tomorrow. Who knows? Oh, goodness gracious. So I want to move on to Game Simp, who has to say. Uh, GameSimp uh, says, I think intentional gaming is just playing games and thinking about them on a deeper level at times. Sure, some games work better if you turn off your mind and just play, but others exist to make you think. Whether you're in the middle of playing a game or the controller has been put down, games like Bioshock, The Last of Us, Shadow of the Colossus, Metal Gear Solid 2 make you think about the world around you. In this way, they connect beyond just being a game. Maybe that's just the content creator and me talking, but I can't help but think about games when they're just trying to say something about the world we live in. That's why you get along with him. I do get along. I get along with everybody in the, well, the you Discord. Do, but <laughs> but the way but like the way he described it the same way that you talk about like games and movies, you think about things on a very deep level. Yes. Whereas like I'm just like, hey, a fun game. <laughs> like, oh, that was a decent movie. And I don't really think that deeply about it. Yeah. And like we've talked about that during movie minutes where it's like Well, we even talked about that with um with Brian McGinnis at one on one yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it's just like I 
just kind of take things at face value when I'm playing games. I'm like, oh, that was really fun. Yeah. And there are times where certain things will be like, oh, wow, that's mm-hmm. that's interesting. But like you're kind of like him where you, you think on a very deep level and you mm-hmm. take and you you like to focus on like what's the deeper meaning? What was their point behind telling me this story? Yes. But Andrew, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I think that is something that will definitely be variable for each person. But mm-hmm. um has to do with the idea of engaging with the thing that you're doing in the moment Mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, if I had chosen to just kind of sit back and not engage with outer worlds, I don't know that I would uh, understand asexuality and identify Mm. as it now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's a certain amount of just making sure that you're engaging and present and Mm -hmm. and taking the thing in. If that's how you want to take games in and you derive value from it, mm-hmm. that's one of the ways you're going to do it is making sure that you're intentionally staying engaged while mm-hmm. you're playing and finding times that you're mm. able to be engaged as opposed to by the end of an eight hour impulse session mm-hmm. this past year, I'm not taking it in anymore. I'm mindlessly playing. I generally have an episode playing of something, some mm. show mm-hmm. at the same time. So it, it's a very different way of engaging with them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree. I'm wearing my purple shirt for, for hey. asexuality today also. <laughs> I wasn't, Pride Month. I didn't know if it was purple or it was I a know, dark blue. Light. Well, yeah, I think it's also our TV, too, because yeah, I have the brightness turned down. So, so it looks yeah. kind of blue on our TV. Yeah. Well, it's purple. It's purple. <laughs> gotcha. Get it together, people. Anyways, so Pride Month. We're yeah. talking about Pride Month. Oh, okay. <laughs> but... Here's my thing. Uh, I I think we can go into closing thoughts because we're, you know, getting low on time. And again, that's why I I like to keep my episode, my episodes. Uh, (laughs) When I talk about that, like I'm more of the the, the showrunner here. You're the editing. But I like to keep it. (laughs) I like to keep it within an hour, an hour and a half Mm -hmm. just to have that intentionality of just like bringing it all together Mm -hmm. instead of just letting it go out further but mm-hmm. we are running out of time so i want to jump into closing thoughts uh, i'll give my closing thoughts liz will give yours uh andrew i want to you know end on a note from you but i think when we're talking about intentional gaming these are just my closing thoughts here mm-hmm. is that when we talk about intentional gaming i think we need to focus in on like what andrew said what do you value what do you want from a game mm-hmm. And not really caring about games culture or games Twitter or games company of what you should be liking. Sure, yes, uh, Dark Souls might be the gamer's choice. But is that your game? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily. I love Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm -hmm. I've played that game twice. I might play it a third time all the way through. But because I value that game, I love that game. I love MLB The Show 21. I don't care that it's a sports game and I need to be a gamer and all this. Yeah. I value my time in MLB mm-hmm. The Show 21. And that that's where I'll spend most of my time because I don't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So I'm, that, that might sound morbid and it should sound morbid. You don't have a lot of time. Do the things you like. Be intentional about the things you I enjoy. I was not thinking of it that way when you said that. I, I was th- thinking more I, of like, oh, I don't have a lot. I don't, you know, I don't have time to do things. I, I think about death on the hour every hour. So <laughs> here we are. Um, but, you know, all this morbid thoughts, right? Be intentional for what you do mm-hmm. and just be intentional in the way you want. Because as we saw yeah. in the social media answers, tons of ways to be intentional. Oh, yeah. Be intentional with the games you play and be intentional the way you are intentional. Mm-hmm. So just play video games 
enjoy video games and stop being consumed by other companies' yeah. thoughts for you. Yeah. Liz, what are your closing thoughts? No, I completely agree that it all comes down to what brings you joy to kind of bring it into like even just like regular your surroundings minimalism Mm -hmm. you keep what makes you happy yes and get rid of things that don't so don't think about the culture like you said Mm -hmm. just do what makes you happy if you want all three consoles and you're going to use them and that and Mm -hmm. you use that time well go ahead yes like that's what brings you joy as long as you're not ignoring your responsibilities and still being productive Mm -hmm. i think that's all that matters like and like you said with all social media answers each person had their own definition of um intentional gaming like Mm -hmm. setting the mood or being having the time to make sure there you you can think about it deeper things Mm -hmm. like that i you know i think it all depends on the person whatever to you whatever that means to you that's what you do. Like, like I said, for me, I'm thinking, wow, I need to play video games more. I want to get into this culture and I need mm-hmm. to make sure I'm carving out time to be in video games because I enjoy them. Mm-hmm. I just really love binge watching. Yeah. <laughs> and I, that's, that's my time waster. Whereas my way of, um, I forget the word we're using now. Intentionality. Thank you. Yeah. Intentional, intentionally playing video games is for me to actually say, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to play this game on my lunch break. Mm-hmm. It's done. Yes. And that's, that's what I'm going to do. So like you said, for every person is different, but I think whatever works for you works for you. Exactly. Andrew, and it's off on the high notes. What are your closing thoughts? Um, <laughs> That was a literal high note. Okay. Anyway, great. <laughs> Moving on from that, those are not my closing thoughts. Andrew's giggles. Okay, everybody. Thanks for watching Games and Groceries. Um, yeah, I think the thing is, what's important, especially in a modern culture mm. where we have noise coming at us from all angles at all times, mm. is that you're able to understand what your personal values are, what's mm. valuable to you. Because mm-hmm. you are an individual. Mm. And you are in control of your life. And the way to get value out of life is to understand what things bring you personally value. That's going to be different than Tom next door. Mm. It's going to be different than Charlene down the way. It's everybody has their own things. And every answer to that question is valid. Um, and then, I mean, you don't necessarily, I'm I'm a little bit logically brained. So yeah. I think of breaking it down into almost transactions mm. in and it's twofold with games and a lot of technology. There is the literal financial transaction that you pay mm. 500 for a PS five or you pay 60 for a new game or whatever amount of money. Mm-hmm. And then, so the question there is, do I have that money to spend? Is it worth it to spend on this game? And that is, I think the, with intentionality and in gaming culture, what we're getting into you don't need to be a part of the discourse for every single new game that comes out. If that game is Mm. not going to bring you to your values, if you don't necessarily care about that game, but the thing that, that gaming culture is convincing you of is you need to know all these new games that everyone's talking about. Mm. That's not enough reason to spend $60 on it. And then the other side of the transaction is the literal time. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. with, um, you know, if it's a regular video game, maybe it's going to take 10 or 20 hours of your life. If it's an RPG, hundred hours of your life are going to go into this, For real, you know? And, and if you want to put that in, if that game is going to give you the values back that you've selected Mm. in that amount of time, fantastic. Then put the time in and get the game and do it. But if 
it's not going to efficiently give you those values if it's not a game you're actually interested in and you're just going off of the hype, which, surprise, is built up by the companies. Wow. <laughs> wow. Like, it's how, like, when they announced Final Fantasy VII Remake in 2013 and then we don't get it for eight more years. Yeah. Or the Square you Enix know? Uh, Marvel's Avengers game. There you go. Wow. Any of that. Any of that. I mean, it's literally, like, the video game industry has made itself a hype engine yeah. mm -hmm. where hype gets to fever pitches and people clamor to buy games where it's like, did you even care about that game? And sometimes I think we don't even know if we care anymore because we're so yeah. caught up in mm -hmm. the noise of it. So that is the intentionality. That's the other half of the intentionality. One is literally selecting your hours in the day, intentionality mm -hmm. with your literal time. Yes. But then the other intentionality is just making sure that you're able to step back because technology wants to sweep you up in excitement and in noise and in spending your money. Mm -hmm. And instead, you need to step back and be like, how am I spending my life? This is my life. And I want it to all my time to be used valuably. I right. don't need to play every game. I'm not going to be able to play every game. You let you... This is just a state PSA to everyone in the world. You will not be able to play every game. There's right. too many. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, so so take those things. And then that value can can translate into almost everything else in your life. Mm -hmm. Is this show worth my time? Is this exercise class worth my time? Is, mm -hmm. you know, like just yeah. you can start thinking about everything that way. And that I think is ultimately going to be a way to to shut out some of the noise and not be influenced by it and make sure that you are living intentionally by doing things that bring you the values that matter to you. Mm. Mm -hmm. Great points. Yeah. Honestly, uh, we can just wrap up the show right here, but, Oh, but before we do that, we got to roll the red carpet. Yeah. Oh, my God. for the 8,000th time. <laughs> actually, huh? Can we actually, cause you're practicing digital minimalism. So it's like, where can we follow you? Where's your social media pages, Andrew? So we can all stare at you. Nothing. Nothing. We can just stare at your <laughs> glorious picture. Yeah, um, I mean, the the accounts aren't deleted, but nothing's going up on them right now. <laughs> so how about this? How about this? Instead of rolling out the red carpet, what are some charities you would like to highlight? What are any kind of organizations you would like to shout out or anything like that? Let's roll out the red carpet. Or, you know, what should we be putting our eyes and time into? Um. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm trying to pull up uh, a couple, maybe I can like actually give proper websites <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for things. So I'm not just, I mean, I think you can probably just Google the names to a lot of these things anyway. Um, yeah, the, the Trevor project has been a long standing. I'm going to lean into like LGBTQIA plus type mm -hmm. charities cause it's pride month and that feels right to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Trevor project has been a long standing one for, for helping that kind of thing. Um, I think a lot of new resources were born last year um, during the Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. uh, explosion where everybody actually wanted information about it finally, um, where you could get not just Black Lives Matter type of charities, but um, help specifically for black trans youth, mm -hmm. um, that sort of thing, you know, since they are one of the most victimized communities in terms of marginalized groups, mm -hmm. you know, uh, a lot of specialized charities for that. Mm -hmm. So Google's a great resource for finding those kind of specific things um, and looking into that. But like I said, um, the, the Trevor project is wonderful. Um, looking for small businesses that, that in their mission state, you know, they're, they're, they're black owned, they're queer owned, they're whatever, those mm. kind of things. I mean, we still live within a capitalist society. So giving your money to those kind of things helps balance things that are naturally unbalanced due to the system. 
Um, there's things like, I'm just trying to think now off the top of my head because my Googling is failing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, how about this? There's like the Equal Justice Initiative. There, there's a lot of things, you know. Yeah. Um, um, look up charities. Give your money to those things because then you're giving value to other people. How about this, Andrew? Uh, in the Discord chat, send me your top three links that you would yeah. love for people's eyes attention to, whether it be a uh, black owned or queer owned uh, business or the Trevor project, your top three links. I will put them in the description down below uh, to put your attention into. And that that's how we'll do things. Um, and also I'll put a link to black to gold, of course, like mm-hmm. uh, yeah, put, put the link to we're there still doing stuff. Yeah, of course. And like put your attention towards that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what we'll do for this episode. We'll put those links in the description down below. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Andrew, thanks again for coming on the show before he went on hiatus uh, for the eighth time, I think. Yeah. Ninth? Something eighth, like that. Somewhere so, around there. Yeah. Eleven thousandth. Who knows? It's always yeah. a pleasure. That's uh, what matters. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. Love having you on. To get, you know, the, the, the fans love having you on, of course. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll just end the show here. Okay. So, again, those links that Andrew will send me, they are in the description down below. Go check them out for yourself. Uh, but we thank you again for listening to this week's Games of Groceries podcast. We hope you had a good one here. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and a notification bell so you know when all these last few episodes come out, as well as when you'll know when we'll be back. So hit that subscribe mm-hmm. button. Stay subscribed so you always know that. Uh, follow on the garbage social media on Twitter at Gaming Groceries or on Instagram, Games of Groceries, all one word. And until the next one, stay striving, keep gaming, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.